Hi, and welcome to the Drawing Inspiration Podcast. I am your host, Mike Hendley. Episode 39, Reflecting on a Successful Inktober. So I wanted to kick off this episode with a review I received on iTunes, uh, just because it really, it was nice. It was nice to see this review. You know, it, it makes me feel good in doing this podcast to, uh, to get this kind of feedback. So I'll read it to you. It's, uh, the title is From the Eyes of a 12-Year-Old. It's not very long, so here's the review. It's From the Eyes of a 12-Year-Old is the title. And so this individual says, Hey, I am 12 years old, and this podcast encouraged me to draw more, and it really helps me draw. I used to draw very poorly, but now I can truly say I've improved. Thank you. So I just wanted to give a shout out to this person and say thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm so glad that it's had a positive effect on you. I, uh, it encourages me to keep doing this, and I'm really hopeful you're going to enjoy the episodes that are coming up. And if you have any other feedback, please let me know through, uh, you can do that through the drawinginspiration.fm website. But I'm so glad, uh, you know, I've heard feedback from people that are um, teens and preteens, but I've also heard from people who are in their 70s as well that listen to the podcast. And I, I'm so glad that everybody's able to kind of find something that has an impact on them and allows you to build up or to extend this creativity you have in you in a way that you can share it with others. I think that's great. So thank you for listening. Thank you so much for the review. And if you want to leave a review, you can do that through iTunes. And uh, once again, thank you so much for those who have reviewed the, the podcast and have shared it with others. So there's a few more things I want to talk about before I get into kind of the the core of this episode. I, uh, I'm i in the midst, since Inktober is complete now, and I'll talk about Inktober in a bit. I'm doing my Patreon bit of work. So one of the tiers, after three months of subscription, I will send a um, an image or a drawing. And so I'm working on that now. I was going to do prints, but but since I don't have a whole lot of patrons, I am going to do some original uh, artwork and send it off. And I think I'm going to also... So the tier, the way it works now is if you're a subscriber for three months at uh, the highest level... I will send a piece of artwork. I think I'm going to modify that. I'm thinking I'm going to work on something that maybe is monthly, uh, and it maybe it's a print or a postcard. But I think I'm going to adjust that. I think if I was subscribing to a podcast like this, I, I think it's just so cool to get something in the mail once a month. So I'm going to try and do that. So keep an eye out for things. Maybe the next month or two, maybe going into the new year, I'm going to change things up a little bit and uh, see if I can figure out a way that I can do this on a monthly basis because I love seeing artists do this and I would like to do the same. So I think I'm going to move to something like that and uh, change how kind of the rewards happen. So uh, keep an eye out. So you can get in at $5 a month as a, um, as a patron of the show. That helps support the operating costs in kind of running this podcast. And that is you know, all the hosting costs and everything associated with that. And, you know, if things do really well, I can look at upgrading some of my hardware as well, just around the podcast. So that is the focus. I'm not trying to make a living in doing the podcast, but I want it to be sustainable. It would be good that um, if I could uh, leverage the community and your support and trying to keep this moving forward. And so that's why I started the Patreon. For those of you who are patrons, thank you so much. I really do appreciate uh, you subscribing and supporting the podcast. So one of the other things I wanted to talk about is if you are at the highest level in Patreon, 
you get access to a Discord server. And on this Discord server, it's like a chat server if you haven't used one before. And it's an opportunity for people to connect in kind of like-minded groups. And so what I'm going to do and what I've done is actually created some public channels. So you don't need to be a patron of the show to get into this uh, Discord server. I have created some public channels, but I am still going to kind of preserve or protect some private channels for Patreon members. So if you want to get in on the server, there's only a few of us there right now. I'm hopeful it will grow over time. Just send me an email to mike at mikehendley, that's H-E-N-D-L-E-Y dot com, and I'll send you an invite. You can also reach me through, uh, you know, Instagram and everything else. Uh, Send me a DM that way. But if you send me a message, I will send you a link that you can use to get into the Patreon, and we can see if we can kind of work to build a community. I know other artists have done this. I think this would be a great opportunity for us to see how this evolves and whether we can have kind of a a safe location for us to share and talk about our art and, uh, you know, have some show follow-up and things like that. So so for those who are Patreon members, they have access to what I'm going to be talking about in a future episode. They can ask their own questions and things like that. So I'm still going to work on kind of the differentiation between a Patreon member and just a member of the public. But if you do want access, just send an email to mike at mikehendley.com and I will uh, send you an invite. This came up just through some chat, and I thought it would be interesting just to talk about this. I do a lot of reading. I haven't done as much recently as I normally do, but I I love reading, and I just thought I'd mention a few things that I'm reading right now, and uh, maybe this will be a point of conversation online or at some point in the future, but I've kind of got, I've got a few books on the go, but I'm going to focus on three. So one is called uh, Braving the Wilderness, The Quest for True Belonging, and that's by Brene Brown. It's it's this idea of, of finding out where you belong. And, you know, she's an introvert. Uh, so am I. And, you know, I read the book Quiet by Susan Cain some time ago. And I came across this. I don't know how I found it, but uh, it is really, it's just causing you to look at the world a little bit differently. And I'm not heavy into it, so I can't really do a commentary around it. I'm not sure if I will, but I'm really enjoying it so far. So I'm looking for for books that will help me on my kind of creative journey. And I feel like this book is speaking to that in a way. And so I, I am enjoying it so far. And I'll let you know kind of when it's done, what I thought of it overall. But uh, yeah, it's been good so far. The next one is called Story Worthy, and that's by Matthew Dix. And this is around a group called Moth. It's, I, I, I'm like five pages into it, but I've known about this kind of movement for some time. But the whole point is these people get on stage and they tell stories, right? And I really love the idea of storytelling. And I'm trying to do that through art. So I'm reading this book thinking, I know it is intended for this kind of presentation, this forum on stage, but I wonder if there's bits of that that I can use to tell the story in some of the work that I'm doing. And so this is how I'm coming to this story-worthy book. And I've heard Matthew Dix recently on, I think, two or three podcasts, and he's just such an interesting, compelling storyteller that I want to kind of take some of what he's shared and see if I can apply that to art, you know, and focusing what is moving the story along. I'm also a writer, a really amateur writer, but I'm hopeful that I can use some of what he's talking about in some of the stories that I'm uh, working on as well. So Story Worthy by Matthew Dix. And the last one, because I'm a science and tech guy, a Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. I've had this book for some time. It's a fantastic podcast. I think everyone should read this book. I'm, once again, 
probably 20% into it. And it really helps to understand in this in this world of truths and <laughs> not so many truths, uh, it really helps to kind of define um, what it is to be a skeptic and the tools and, and the types of fallacies that are out there. It's, it's a really informative book. Uh, the podcast is brilliant. If you ever have a chance to listen to it or watch their Facebook Live, it's, it's great. So, um, yeah, I, I would recommend that book as well if you have an interest in uh, understanding what's currently happening with the pandemic and science. So I think it's a great book. If you're interested in science at all, I would highly recommend it. So check it out. I will have links to all of these in the show notes. So if you decide you want to go out and and take a closer look at one of these, um, they'll be available for you in the show notes. I'll also include a link to um, to podcasts because Brene Brown has a podcast as well as the Skeptics Guide. If I have, I can find one for Matthew Dix. I thought he had mentioned something about that, but uh, I'll see if I can find one. And if if there is, I will include a link in the show notes as well. So let's get into Inktober. I thought it would be a good opportunity with this episode to kind of talk about what I did with Inktober kind of what I went in with and what I walked away with uh, as a matter of kind of doing this Inktober event. This was my third year. And so the first two years I did it digitally. So I did a individual image each day. I tried to respect kind of the ink (laughs) on the iPad. So I wasn't trying to erase. I, you know, I did a sketch and then I added another layer, which was a, a quote unquote ink layer. I tried to kind of respect the fact that I wasn't trying to erase too much. So I was trying to be adhere to that uh, quite a bit. I know a lot of people do digital, but uh, that's kind of how I approached the first two years. And I did do some, mostly it was, you know, black ink on white paper, but I did some white on black paper. And I last year I did some red as well for one of the days. So I tried to change it up a little bit. This year I went off the deep end <laughs> and uh, I decided that I was going to do ink on paper. And so this was quite a reach for me in a, f- a few ways. So for those of you maybe who don't know what Inktober is, it really is an event where uh, Jake Parker created this um, opportunity for us to receive 31 prompts. So these are 31 words over the month of October, new word each day. And based on that word, you draw something in ink uh, or digitally, and you simply draw, let's say the word is sleep, you draw something that is sleep to you, Uh, you post it on social media, if you choose to, you don't necessarily have to, but that's kind of the whole point of this to see what other people are doing. And then when you're done, you you put it off to the side and focus on the next day. And some people do a huge amount of effort, some do very little, a lot of people are right in the middle. So they spend some time each day kind of working through this. And I think it's incredible. I think it's helped me a lot. This is my third year. I think it's made a huge difference in how I draw. And I say that because I, it also, I think, helps me understand what to draw and how to approach it. So it's not just kind of the technical bit around drawing, but understanding how I'm telling a story. And and it kind of highlights to me as I'm drawing areas that I think I need to improve. So it really surfaced a lot for me. So this year, I went in with a fairly rough plan. Um, I was playing around with ideas at the beginning, and I ended up deciding I'm going to do a single piece with 31 prompts on it. So I would do the whole month on a single image. And so I did that. I went and bought a two foot by three foot arches paper. Uh, so it's got a very fairly smooth texture, not like vellum, but fairly smooth. 
and I have a bunch of Micron pans. So I was using largely uh, a Pigma Micron uh, 01, 02, 03, 05, and a 08. I have a 005, which I used on a couple, but that was mostly what I was focused on. And largely it was kind of between the, I'm going to say the, the 01 and the 03 was most of the work. But I also used a Kiritaki brush pen. So this is a, a pen that has a, a brush tip, like a paintbrush. And I used that for some of the larger pieces where I wanted this kind of flowing and I wanted to alter the width of the line. I used the brush pen for some of that work as well. And so my focus with this large image was to do a, you know, a word a day, which would be a section of this large piece. But it was more than that. I wanted to include an animal in each one. And I wanted the animal to be local to where I live. So, you know, not that I had to complicate it for myself, but that's what I did, is I decided I, I want this to kind of represent where I live in the world, in Ottawa, Canada. I wanted to represent the animals that are around here, at least as a basis, right? So all my prompts included an animal except for two, and I'll highlight those two later as to why I didn't include them. So my thought with this when I first started was, I want to do kind of an animal scene, like a, a moment in time in the woods. But I wanted to, you know, give these animals some human characteristics, right? I didn't necessarily want to do a big nature scene uh, because I thought it would be complicated. Uh, when I looked at the prompt list and I saw things like rocket and, and some of these other words, I was thinking, I don't know how I'm going to draw a kind of nature scene that has rocket in it. So I decided I'm going to add some human characteristics to some of these animals. and that would help to kind of reflect uh, the prompts, but also make it more of a nature scene. So the way I did this is I started by doing my initial concept work in Procreate. So I opened up a uh, layer, a canvas that's about the same dimensions as the piece I was working on. I started doing sketches just with using a regular pencil. I used it from the Max Packs, but just regular pencil. And I started drawing. And I really just focused on the prompt for the day. So the first one was fish, and I drew a frog fishing. And I spent a fair bit of time on that one because I was thinking about it probably two days before October started. And I thought about where am I going to put it and what am I going to do around this? So the things I was focused on that, you know, I had no plan. I went into this with no idea except a bunch of animals. The, the two things I was sure of is I wanted to have a frog fishing and I wanted to have a big tree trunk in the middle. And the tree trunk is actually based off a photo from my backyard in the woods. And so those are the two things I knew roughly where those were going to go. Everything else was organic. It just simply grew over the month. And that was what was really kind of exciting with this. And you'll see when you look back, and I post it every single day, you'll see that, uh, for, for example, when I drew the trunk, I left some areas open. I didn't really finish areas. And I did that because I didn't know what I was going to do next. So especially with a large tree trunk, I wanted to make sure that I could always lean an animal up against it or do something. And so I used the tree trunk parts of it for another couple of the, I think, three of the prompts. And so I, I wanted to make sure that I had the opportunity to kind of leverage that, especially that large piece. So what I did is I started with fish, which was the frog fishing. I'm not going to go through each of the 31 prompts, but my whole point was I I would draw it in Procreate, get it to where I think it looks good, and then I would lay the iPad beside me on my drawing board, and I would draw it in pencil on the paper, and then I would ink it. And then I would take a picture, and I would take that picture, bring it into Procreate as a new 
drawing and then add a layer on top of that and then draw the next day. So that way I can get a sense of orientation and spacing. And so I did that every single time for every single drawing. I would draw it in Procreate, sketch it up, play with ideas. And then once I get it to the size and orientation, I would then draw it again in pencil and then ink it. So I actually drew things, I guess, three times. Um, I mean, when you ink, you do it twice anyways, but I did draw it in Procreate just because I wanted to get the spacing right. I was so concerned that I wouldn't fit everything in and I didn't even know what everything was, but I wanted to make sure I had, I had some white space to do some of this. So I did that, you know, some days I would actually look at like two or three days of in ahead. Um, you'll see that there's a dock I used for Buddy. And uh, I had that kind of sketched about three or four days in advance. Uh, I had the idea that I'm going to put a dock kind of on this pond that's in the middle of my, of my drawing. So I knew I was going to do something on that. I didn't know what. So initially I was, I don't even remember what I was thinking with the, uh, with the dock, but I thought I, I could use it for something. And when it came to Buddy, I was thinking, well, you know, now I can put a mouse and maybe put a butterfly who's his buddy on his head and that becomes something. So, so that's how things moved ahead. And like I said, every prompt I used a, an animal in the prompt except for two. And that was uh, RIP, which is rest in peace, uh, is how I interpreted it versus rip and ominous. So in using uh, RIP or rip, I created a cemetery and I didn't put any animals in there because I thought this is appropriate for what I'm drawing. That you know, there's animals missing. Uh, some you know, there's a there's a hole that's been dug. Someone has suddenly passed. We don't know who that is. I wanted to keep that kind of mystery there. And the other is ominous. Now I didn't include an animal from the woods, but ominous for me. I was thinking there's this wonderful scene in in the woods of nature and animals and everybody's or every animal is interacting with one another and there's other things happening. I was thinking what could be the most ominous thing. And my thought was, humans. Humans are nasty. So I put humans over one of the hills on their way with some bulldozers. And you could see one individual who's standing on the top of the hill looking towards uh, this destination that has been uh, isolated from, from humans. And so humans, you know, you could consider them animals. Maybe I did include an animal there. But with that one intentionally, I did not include, you know, I thought maybe I should have a bird that's flying towards the forest through towards the tree to kind of deliver a message that the humans are coming. They know we're here now, uh, but I didn't. Uh, so once again, the focus for every one of these was include an animal. It was a mix of prompts. So I had some questions about, did you start with the animal or did you start with the word? And I did have an idea of the animals because we have, you know, a certain number of animals around here. I wanted the, the, them to be recognizable as much as possible. And so I knew I had to do mice. I, ha I knew I had to do a frog, at least one frog. So, you know, when it came to wisp, uh, I did kind of wispy smoke off a fire. So I did two mice kind of out camping guides or Boy Scouts. That kind of approach is what I kind of went with for wisp. And obviously with fish, which was the first one, I went with a frog fishing. And now I know frogs don't eat fish. They mostly eat bugs. But, uh, you know, I thought it'd be kind of fun for this in this world, the animals fishing or the frog is fishing. So if I go through some of the other prompts, I was trying to think about how to approach this. So I was thinking about, well, what was the hardest? <laughs> Let's go to the toughest bit. What was the hardest prompt to do? So as a matter of concept, I think the hardest one I had to deal with 
because once again, once you wrap a theme around what you're doing, it it is hard to stay on point, to, to, to understand that, okay, I'm in a forest. If I want to do Rocket, what am I going to do there? So for Rocket, I did Rocket Raccoon from uh, the Marvel Universe, and he's just leaning on a rock. I thought this, you know, I could do a little Rocket that the animals created, but I thought, ah, that seems kind of weird. I was going to draw the new um, SpaceX rocket in Florida that should be going up for test in the next month. But I decided, no, I'm just going to do Rocket Raccoon because I want to do a raccoon. And so that's how that came about. But I would say by far the hardest was two words, and they were very close to one another, so I did them in the same animal, and that is dizzy and coral. So for that, I have this, what I saw as um, a large rat (laughs) who is on a journey who's just coming back. So this rat's traveled the world and has a number of trinkets hanging off of him, and one of them is a piece of coral. And the other is a trumpet, a horn. And that is my kind of nod to Dizzy Gillespie. And so that was Dizzy and Coral. Once again, it was very hard to kind of fold this in, but I thought, well, I could put Coral in the pond, but that doesn't make sense because this is freshwater, not seawater. I could, you know, make somebody whose name is was Coral, but that didn't make sense to me. So this is where I went. He's got a piece of Coral hanging off. Dizzy was last year, so... I did a spinning turtle last year, and so for this year I decided I'd focus on Dizzy Gillespie. So that was my uh, <laughs> the hardest concept. As a matter of execution, uh, that tree trunk was a lot of work. You know, it's it's a big piece right smack dab in the middle, and I got lost in some of the detail, and then I just said, I just got to stop working on this tree trunk or it's going to just take me over. So um, I did, and I was able to wrap other things around it. I intentionally left a hole in it. Uh, I wasn't sure what was going to go there, but I ended up putting a um, a radio station. So I called it Woods Radio, and uh, I listed as 104.20. So that was October 4th. I don't know if anyone got that. So those were the two hardest prompts as a matter of concept and execution. I think the easiest overall in trying to, you know, what when I think of a word, like and for me it was slippery. When I thought slippery, when I when I read that, I thought, ducklings that are slipping on the mud. And so I did two little ducklings, one in the pond and one landing right on his butt uh, in some mud. That was fun. I really liked doing those two. I thought they were easy to draw and uh, it just clicked for me. And we all have those things that we draw, right? That are just, we feel is easy. It's like, well, I just want to, you know, some people it's horses, others it may be cars, other people may be fan art. There, there's just some things that you can just do really quickly. And it may not be the absolute best in the world, but you feel like I've got a command of this this thing. I can define it in a way people recognize it. And so for me, I felt like that with the ducklings. It was like, okay, this one's easy. The most obscure. There's a few here. I mentioned Dizzy already. That horn that was on the the back of the uh, the backpack of the rat that came from far and distant lands. Uh, the other was the worm <laughs> on the hook. So. I intentionally left the hook blank when I did the frog fishing because I thought I got to put something interesting on the hook. And I did when I looked through one of the prompts was Dune. And my immediate thought, because the trailer came out, is the movie Dune. And so for that, I decided I'm going to have one of the worms from the movie on the hook. That was my initial thought. My initial thought was actually going to have the worm underwater as you know kind of coming out from some type of cave but i thought that's going to be too scary and i don't really that's not the theme of this i wanted something a little bit more discreet so i decided to have it like a baby version of the worm on a hook from dune 
And so that was a more obscure one. I'm not sure if people would have gotten that one. And, you know, the other one I think that maybe is a contender for third is uh, the RIP or the RIP for Cemetery. But I think other people did RIP as, as a matter of rest in peace. So I think maybe uh, uh, the Dizzy or Dune was probably the top for most obscure. I was trying to think of what was the most meaningful because, you know, art is filled with emotion and got the drawing right beside me. So I keep looking over. I think for me, the most meaningful was Rodent. And so I drew a muskrat holding a flower with a one petal kind of falling off of it. And that was the, uh, the point in time when we found out that Eddie Van Halen died. And so I put the Van Halen logo on his t-shirt. And he's looking up towards the radio station because the implication is maybe that song is playing or he's hearing the news. So that was, you know, I grew up with Van Halen listening to that music. And for me, that was, uh, I had to include that. And I started thinking, I need to include more of what's happening this month. The Humans Coming, I think, is is an important message, uh, disgusting in having those bits of garbage and a dead fish in the bottom of the pond. I think it's a suggestion about how fragile nature is and how much it relies on us as humans not to destroy it. And I, I really liked doing hope. You know, having that fairy watching over a monarch. And so I really enjoyed doing hope. Having that fairy watching over a monarch that is emerging uh, probably within hours uh, was important to me. We've raised monarchs for years uh, with my uh, daughters and my wife, and I just wanted to include that somehow. I love butterflies, and I had to include one. So this is what I did for Hope, uh, having a fairy, hoping that everything went well and this will this beautiful uh, butterfly will emerge. So that was a pretty special one. I actually added a second fairy and um, monarch uh, later on, just to help balance it a little bit and uh, provide a little bit of interesting uh, imagery down in the bottom right of the image uh, of the final drawing, I should say. So it was, I, I really, I think those stand out as kind of the most meaningful for me. I did enjoy doing the red dragonfly, so that was kind of fun. But I would say, you know, when I think about what I'm, what am I most proud of, I think the dragonfly, which was Crawl, I did draw that in graphite a few months ago. So I just uh, basically did it again in ink. And we have so many dragonflies. I think it's such an incredible process where these nymphs crawl out of the pond up onto a blade of grass and then just sit there. And over a few days, they emerge as this wonderful dragonfly. So I just love this kind of transformation that nature uh, does. And so that was... I was really proud of being able to include that and and how it turned out. I think I did a fairly decent job on the dragonfly. I think this one took the most time, but doing the stoats, which is kind of a weasel uh, in the boat for fancy, these fancy stoats going out for a little tour on their boat, that was challenging for me. I wanted to make sure they look like stoats, but also fancy. So I don't, you know, I'm not a big costume person. So I was like, I don't know how to do fancy. I'm not really happy with how his jacket turned out, but I think the rest of it was pretty good. I was once again, trying to get the angles right and make it look like, you know, there's a bit of um, depth to this instead of having everything flat. So you'll see that through the whole image. I was trying to add kind of this, you know, coming from an engineering back background, this idea of isometric projection and having things appear like there's some depth to it so i did work quite a bit on that and um, anyways the stoats was was fun and i think i'm probably most proud of that that was a um, that was 
a little bit of a challenge, but uh, it took a lot more time, a lot more ink. But I, I'm, I think that was pretty cool. So, and, and obviously, there's a whole bunch more that I did. Uh, if you have any questions about any of that, you can send me a note to talk more about it. For me, it's it's really a reflection of a point in time, right? Like, you know, I, I didn't mention it, but there's music, which is um, two salamanders. Uh, one's playing music for the other, and, you know, the guitar that she's holding uh, reminded me of John Prine, uh, who passed away this year. And so there's, you know, obviously there's bits of me and there's bits in you, of you and everything that you draw. For me, this was kind of a reflection of that. I have a uh, a mask that's unfortunately landed on a snail in the bottom right to remind us of the pandemic. So I'm going to look back at this in a number of years and, and think, oh, wow, I remember doing all that. I remember all these little stories that surface as a final image. And so I, I really, I said this probably for the first week going into Inktober that maybe I've taken on too much. This is crazy. I do not... For the record, I'm not a big ink person. Like I've done some ink drawings in the past, but I love graphite and I want to move into kind of watercolor and oil paint, I think as well. But I haven't been a big ink person. I just do Inktober because it's such a cool event in the prompts and the direction and so many other people doing it. I feel like I'm part of a community. You know, for me, taking on an actual ink on paper image that's one large piece was just over the top and for the first week I was like oh my I don't know what I've gotten myself into but I'm so glad I did it I feel like I accomplished something and I can build on this next year if I do Inktober and kind of reflecting on it there are some things I probably would do differently I would maybe consider planning things out a little bit more uh, thinking about I, I did draw out I went through 31 prompts and I for my Patreon members I did kind of share my thoughts for each. I haven't gone back actually to look and see how close I got, but I went through all 31 prompts and I just added some thoughts to each of them before I started. I think that if I did animals again, I'd probably line up the animals I would want to use that I thought I could draw and add some human characteristics to. So I've uh, I've thought about that. Maybe next year, if I did something similar, I've thought about maybe doing dinosaurs or sea animals or something like that ocean animals that maybe I line up the animals first so I get a sense of, you know, I need to I need to use a puffer fish for something or a shark or a whale or if I you know, if I'm doing dinosaurs, the triceratops would be great for this and I need to save the T Rex for this and so on and so forth. So I think maybe I will look at it that way and I probably will I think help define some of the areas. I think, you know, maybe I do a dinosaur scene and maybe there's water in the middle, maybe the ocean, maybe it's on the the coast, right? And I, I can understand when I start laying it out that this is the water part and this is the land part. And that's how I combine the two and making sure I define that early on. And I think the other thing that, you know, so many other people did so much better than than myself is sharing on Instagram in a way that looks consistent and good. Uh, you know, when I look at some of the other artists who've shared their material they did a really good job kind of putting a frame around things and identifying what the prompt was for the day. I didn't do that as much. So some of my images don't look consistent. The lighting was a bit different. I was trying to use an LED light for some of it. So it's hard with a large image getting that consistent lighting, but I think for next year I'm going to work on that a little bit so I get that so I get that consistent kind of imagery that they all look the same and maybe adding a frame around it's a really good idea to help define what that uh, what that word is or what that prompt is for that day. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do next year. I, you know, I talked about the dinosaurs or um, maybe another type of nature scene. 
I, I'm not sure yet. I really liked the idea of a themed image. When I finished this year, it felt so much better than the previous couple of years because I felt like I had this single thing that represented at least 31 hours work, if not more, if I include the kind of the sketching that I do in Procreate and everything else. And to have this single kind of point in time, I think next year I would want to involve more of current events in it. I think that's kind of a cool approach to it. It kind of, it's almost like my my creative time capsule for 2020. And uh, so I may consider doing that. It may be digital. I don't know if, you know, I, I did enjoy doing this, but, you know, there was a, when I did the rabbits, I had the the trunk of the tree. I had drawn a line there. I, I shouldn't have done that because when I laid the rabbits up against the tree, I had to kind of apply a bit of whiteout on that black line because it looked silly across the uh, the rabbit. In retrospect, maybe I should have given the rabbit a belt, <laughs> which would be that uh, line on the tree. So either way, it is what it is. And I think it's, I'm really encouraged with how this ended. And, you know, as a matter of challenges, there were a few days where I just didn't produce anything. And so there was, I think, three specific times when I did at least two drawings in one day. I think there was one day I did three. So I was not producing. I was drawing each day, but I wasn't exporting or producing those so the world could see it every single day. And I still was able to catch up. Uh, I was confident on some words. Once again, that whole thing with um, with Dizzy and Coral really got me for a few days. <laughs> even coming up to it, I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And uh, even shoes. The shoes I put on the end of stilts, which a fox is doing, because you know they're sly. <laughs> they're going to want to hide the presence. So uh, I thought that was uh, the only way I could kind of fold fox or uh, shoes into it. But, uh, I think it turned out okay. My other thought was I was going to put a you know a shoe down at the bottom of the pond and have an animal living in it or a shoe buried in the ground and once again an animal living in it. But I thought that, you know, I got to do something more fun with that. And I just didn't want to throw f- shoes on an animal. So I thought this would be kind of more of a, a fun exploration with, with some of that. It was weird sometimes because the... You know, I had drawn the radio station and I had the horn for, you know, Dizzy Gillespie. And then we had the prompt, which was music. And I was thinking, well, I've already done a bunch of music. <laughs> so now I have to do some more music. And so that was kind of weird when you have a single piece that you've got to be constantly thinking about that. So so I hope you had a chance to do Inktober. If you didn't do the whole thing, at least part of it, and got yourself into drawing on a regular basis... Uh, a lot of us get to the end of it and wonder what's next. And so Inktober continues with, they've got weekly prompts. So if you want to continue doing kind of a weekly prompt, uh, that is available through the Inktober site. For me, uh, as a matter of tidying this up, I think I'm going to do maybe a a video walk around of the piece for my Patreon members. So I'm just going to take and shoot a video of each of the prompts and just talk about them and show them within the imagery. The big thing that came out of this is I think I want to do a book. I think I want to illustrate a book. And I think I may want to illustrate my own story. So that's kind of the big revelation I had through all of this is, I, you know, I've been doing some writing in my spare time for the last few years. And now I've been working on the illustrations and I feel like I can pull it all together. So this is something I'm going to take on, I think, through the next year. As we get into 2021, it's probably going to be one of my lead uh, goals is to put something together. And I'm not sure what that looks like. I'm not sure if it's a graphic novel or if it's just a kid's illustrated book. I'm thinking probably towards a kid's illustrated, but I kind of want something a bit more grown up. So I am going to, uh, I think, explore that a little bit. I'm, you know, I'm excited about the idea of 
of being able to tell stories through illustration and through words. So I had a few people comment about my artwork reminded them of The Wind in the Willows, which is a children's book from uh, 1900 by a Scottish novelist. And I thought, uh, and there was like three or four people had said that. And somebody else mentioned Frog and Toad. And that got me thinking, maybe I, that's where I need to go with this. And it's got to come from the inside, right? You got to create for yourself first, which is what I've been doing. But to have people look at it this way and, and have this comment, it started to kind of reveal these opportunities. Because I've talked about in the past about this idea, oh yeah, a kid's book would be fun. You know, I should do it. And it's, it's one of those things you say, right? Maybe you don't hear yourself saying it, but you say it and you think, oh, that'd be good. And now I'm starting to believe it. So if I can come out of this with at least something short, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how it's going to be published. I don't know how I'm going to print it. Is it going to be printed? Do I do a Kickstarter? I have no idea. But I'm going to talk about it on this podcast as I get into this, as I've got some kind of content around this. I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. Maybe this is something that I'll give a sneak peek to the Patreon members as I get into it. But I really like this idea. I love this idea of being able to take some illustration around animals, which I love drawing, and then be able to wrap it into a story that, you know, that I would want to read or that my daughters would want to read. And so this is going to be fun. I think 2021 is going to be fun. And I invite you to kind of follow along for that. And obviously, as I get into 2021 and the remainder of the year, there's other guests coming on to talk about their art. But I thought I would just take this episode to be able to share Inktober, what I went through, some of my experiences with it. And maybe there's something in there that you will hear that will you will think, you know what, I went through the same thing, or I had the same challenges, or I think that's cool, I want to try it next year. And, you know, this is why I do the podcast. I hope to inspire, I hope to motivate, I hope to inform, and it's also for me. I'm trying to become a better artist. I'm openly talking about my challenges and trying to talk to other artists and learn from them as well. So the other thing I think I'm going to do is I'm going to take on some commissions as I get into the latter part of this year. So uh, I think that's going to be a fun experience for me as well. There have been a few people that have asked me. I'm going to be, I think, pretty picky about the kind of commissions that I'm doing, but I'm going to start doing some of those, I think, uh, in graphite. And we'll see. Maybe next year it'll be in oil or watercolor. But for now, it's just going to be, I think, focused on graphite. So that's it for this episode. Once again, I just wanted to cover Inktober. I've got some uh, guests coming on before the end of the year. And look forward, I'm probably going to do kind of a reflection episode about some of the lessons I learned from my guests over the last few months. That's going to come around the end of the year. I really enjoy kind of looking back and and talking about some of the guests I've had on and sharing what I've learned from them. I think it's a great kind of overview, especially once you get through some material to look back and say, yeah, that's, you know, listening to it a second time, I'm I'm pulling this out of that conversation. And I've had so many wonderful conversations with these great guests. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing me to to chat with you this week. And as always, the show notes, including links to everything I spoke about, can be found at drawinginspiration.fm slash 39. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to my newsletter on the website and share the podcast with someone you know. You can find links to the Patreon for the show and all my social media accounts at drawinginspiration.fm including my Instagram, which is Mike underscore Hendley, where I post all my art. 
follow me or tag me so I can see what you've created recently. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Until next time, be kind to one another and keep drawing. Theme music for this podcast is Acid Jazz provided by Kevin McLeod.